0: Counting by Sevens by Holly Goldberg Sloan. As you listen to today's Read Aloud podcast, please think about what role you have in our discussion for Friday. If you need to have a notebook or sketchbook nearby to write or draw notes to help you remember questions you might have or vocabulary words you're describing, or a summary of the text that you're looking to provide. Please go gather those now. Chapter nine, Mai and Quang Ha. A leader gets everyone to shoot in the same direction. Gwen Thi Mai was 14 years old and a freshman at Condon High School, which was on the other side of Bakersfield from where Willow Chance lived. She had a brother named Gwen Kwang Ha was a year older. Kwang Ha was a troublemaker. Mai, Mei, was not. She was determined and deliberate in everything she did, and that quality attracted people to her. Mei had true confidence. Or, as she liked to see herself, she was born strong-willed, while a lot of the world was wishy-washy. Adults didn't intimidate her, and neither did strangers of any age. Because Mei, as her mother reminded people, was born in the year of the dragon, and that meant nobility and power and strength. Starting the second week of class on Thursday afternoons, the teenage kids caught a bus to the school district main offices for Kwangha's Ha's appointment in Del Duke's windowless mobile unit. May had the bus fare, a bottle of water, and two snacks. Even though she was a year younger than her brother, she had long been his keeper May waited for Quang Ha to have his counseling session, and when he was finished, they went together to Happy Polish Nails. This was the salon that their mother operated. May knew, of course, that she and her brother stood out in Bakersfield. Her mother had been born in Vietnam from a father who was a black American soldier. Because of this, May's mother, who was named Dung, had been an outcast. When the U.S. government gave Tina Dung a chance, she had left home and gone halfway around the world to California. In the next 10 years, she had two children with a man originally from Mexico, who had left soon after May was born, to see his sick brother and had never come back. Dung had changed her name to Patty once she found out what it meant in English. But even though she had been in the United States for 21 years, some of her mail still came addressed to Dung. Her kids didn't appreciate it. Dell had ignored, even more than usual, his regularly scheduled cases. He gave the pest known as Kwang Ha a geometric coloring book and commanded that the kid complete three pages. Dell was surprised to see that instead of complaining, the hostile teenager actually looked enthused to employ colored pencils to fill in blank spaces. Being careful that no one was watching, Del then got in his car and took off. He had 50 minutes to take care of his business. Del Duke returned to the room without a can of soda, but with a pet carrier. His voice was strangely high-pitched and harsh as harsh as he said, Quang Ha, you should be done by now. I told you to leave at 10 till 4. Quang Ha continued coloring and didn't even bother to look up. May and Willow Chance both fixated on the jail-like front panel of the beige plastic crate where they saw an extremely large orange cat. Del Duke was insistent, You have to go. My next appointment is here. Kwang Ha kept working the mustard-colored pencil as if he was getting bonus money for every stroke. This shouldn't have surprised Del, because the kid was in counseling for not following classroom instruction and having control problems but Dell looked like the one with a control problem. His face flushed deep red, and he put the pet carrier down on his desk as he raised his voice. Done! Finished! No more coloring! Willow seemed to be sucked back into her chair, and when that happened, May got to her feet. She was some kind of wild tiger unleashed into the airless room. Don't you raise your voice at us. He didn't do anything wrong. If my brother wants to finish the picture, he'll finish the picture. She took in a deep breath and continued. "'He was supposed to have a counseling session, but you were gone the whole time. "'That's not right. "'You are late for your next appointment with this little girl here, "'and that's not right either. "'And here's something else to chew on. "'I don't think you're allowed to have animals on school property. "'We could turn you in for that.'" Chapter 10. I felt my blood pressure rise, but not in a good way. The exotic-looking teenager standing in front of me was bold. She was yelling at Del, Mr. Del Duke and the tone of her voice demanded that the world listen as she stood up for her brother and for me. It was there in the small stuffy trailer on the edge of the baking hot blacktop of Bakersfield School District parking lot that I found an older girl who was disappointing only in her failure to speak the language of the mostly obliterated Cahuya people. I found Mae Gwen. Del Duke stared at us, but he didn't say anything. Instead, he pulled the only rabbit he had out of his hat, which happened to be a cat from a cage. He gave us all a wobbly smile and opened the metal door of the plastic pet carrier. Then he said, "'This is my cat, Cheddar. I thought you might like to meet him.' So this was my surprise. I had said that my father was allergic to pet hair, which was why I couldn't have a dog or a cat or even a pygmy goat.' This was Dell's attempt to please me, to bond. He brought in his cat. It was strange, but right then in that room, what wasn't? The cat took several, in what looked like slow motion steps, onto the desk. I knew that cats behaved in this casual way because they weren't needy. They didn't run and greet a person and slobber with joy. They didn't look for validation or recognition. They didn't fetch or cower or make big-eyed faces that say, "Love me, please." Their failure to care was just wasn't just appealing but seductive because cats made you try. We all watched Cheddar sauntered as Cheddar sauntered across the desktop, rubbing his freakishly big body against the three shelves of the in and out box where Duke Del Duke had piled officially, official-looking paperwork that I suddenly felt certain he later simply dumped, on red into the large storage closet that was behind his desk. The huge cat then took a few sniffs and found the whole place not very satisfying. With no obvious provocation, he leaped down to the floor and bounced right out of the building like a bright-colored fur-covered soccer ball. We watched as Cheddar hit the parking lot running, and in moments, the fat cat had disappeared. For 37 straight minutes, we all looked under cars, behind hedges, and around the building of the school district administration headquarters for the missing hunk of Cheddar, but he was not to be found. Dell claimed that he felt bad about this, but oddly, it seemed that May and I felt much worse. Finally, after agreeing to stop our search, we all returned to Dell's office to make lost cat flyers. Dell didn't have any photos of his cat, which also struck me as strange, because from everything that I'd read, photographing a pet seemed to be where most animal owners found their greatest joy. But the problem was solved when Kwong Ha drew a perfect pencil sketch of Cheddar, which then served as the centerpiece of the lost cat please help reward offered flyer. Dell wouldn't list an exact reward amount. I believe that economic incentive is crucial as a motivator, especially in a consumer-driven society. But I didn't argue the point. We gathered around the copying machine in the main office and watched together as the image was reproduced. It was here that I was able to identify a new sensation. I have never been part of a true group effort with older kids, and while we hadn't been successful in finding Del Duke's lost cat named Cheddar, I couldn't help but experience a kind of accomplishment as I stood next to 14-year-old May and her surly big brother. I was not pretending to be anyone but myself, and they still accepted me into their troop. I felt human. That was the only way I could describe it. Mr. Del Duke drove a... Duke drove us home. He said that he had to take me first. I assumed that this was because it would be inappropriate for him to be alone with a kid in his vehicle. Parents had to give permission for students to be off school grounds with anyone who works for the district, but I didn't want to raise any red flags, even though that was my signature color. For a moment, I drifted off into my head, but not without thoughts about something like cellular structure I found myself imagining the place where Mei and Kuang Ha lived. Maybe it was a home with a chronically ill relative who was interested in regular examination by a young person who would listen endlessly to ailments and take precise notes. Or perhaps Mei's family had an apartment with a roof deck that housed an amateur, self-constructed observatory with a shockingly powerful reflecting telescope. Sitting in the back seat, I wanted to exchange vital contact information with this older and intriguing girl named May. In a blink of pure fantasy, I suddenly saw myself walking away from Del Duke's grimy car with a tiny glass vial of her blood sample for her genome sequencing. Because even though May said during the cat search that her mother came from Vietnam, I hadn't completely given up the idea that she could have something to do with the Kuhulia tribe. With my hair. This was one of my secrets. When I was younger, I imagined that I was an Indian princess. Looking out the car window to the street that I'd known my whole life, I understood that origins were so important, even if you didn't know your own. I was energized. Once I was home, I went into the kitchen and fixed myself a drink of hot water mixed with a tablespoon of honey from my backyard beehive and a tablespoon of my own homemade vinegar made from tart apples, brown sugar, and distilled water. As I sipped the tangy beverage, I was certain that the day, despite the loss of the counselor's cat, had been a triumph. Having a friend, even one who was older and went to high school, would open a door for me into another world. That afternoon I made a decision. I would learn everything possible about lost cats and Vietnam. It felt as if I were going up and over some kind of barrier after spending too long hitting the thing straight on. that concludes our reading of Counting by Sevens. Please make sure to take any notes that you need in order to participate in Friday's discussion, whether it be your vocabulary words, your questions, or a summary of everything we have read thus far.